0: following is an archived podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled Angles and Spaces, The Power of Form. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one.
1: Welcome to Angles and Spaces, The Power of Form. My name is Benny Cinderella and I will be your host. Angles and Spaces is an eclectic mix of architectural visionaries and luminaries within the industry. And As always, even though it is an industry, we are the ones who treat it more like art. On this show, we like to discuss a very simple thing, something that has been done since the dawn of civilization, something that may be the very root of civilization itself. We will discuss constructing buildings, homes, commercial. In order to properly treat this mammoth task, I have invited two of my fellow architects to discuss the trade with me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to my left here, please get, please give a hand to Donovan Gruce.
0: Oh, thank you for having me here, Benny. I just want to uh, dispute one thing you said. You said we're going to talk about constructing buildings, but I would never, ever in my life construct anything.
1: Oh, right. right I'm a, right. a man we're of ideas. Understood. But uh, as always, the construction itself must start with the seed of an idea. So I see what you're saying, but I think, in effect, we're saying the exact same thing, Donovan. Even yeah, though we we're saying the same thing
0: things. in the opposite way that doesn't actually right, mean the
1: same right. thing. We're disagreeing in a way that's harmless, essentially. Yes. And to my right is the equally
2: magnanimous Leland Marino. Leland, how are you doing today? I'm doing just wonderful, Benny, and thank you both for having me on here on your show. And um, I think... There's a lot to talk about. I think this could go on essentially forever. But like you said, it all begins with one little idea, and I think this was a great idea.
1: So uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of architecture and form and what we're trying to accomplish... You know, as as we hit 2023, we are officially, you know, we're joining the future now. We kind of look forward in the world of architecture. You know, before uh, you'd hear all of us say stuff about that, I think uh, perhaps the people at home would like to know a little bit about our credentials. If any one of you would like to kind of step forward and take the lead and say, uh, you know, kind of back up a why we have the authority to say what we're saying. Well,
2: um I guess I'll begin. I will say I never went to school for this. None of this. Um, you know, I, I was born on MLK day and I, Oh, congratulations. I, I, I always, thank you. I always knew I wanted to change the world because of that. And one day I decided what stands the test of time? What is just there? What'll be there after I'm gone? What mark can I leave on this world? And it's, It's to build, you know, build great things, create great things, beautiful things, ugly things. You know, some of the stuff I make is horrendous looking, but it gets people thinking and talking and they'll remember it. You don't have to make something that is perfect. You don't have to make something that is, that works. But if someone remembers it, that's important. So one day I decided I just wanted to make buildings and I got myself a, Notebook, you know the kind that's uh, black and white on the front cover, like in Harriet the Spy*. You know, and I would just sketch these, I mean, these, these very bizarre structures.
1: Oh, that's a you know. I remember seeing a, a picture you posted on Instagram of one of your early designs, and you know, I, to be honest, I found it quite horrendous and not in a, a way. That well, it the was a neon was poor, green cowboy but- boot. It was, um, I, I, I will say, the it jumped off the page at how provocative it was. And, you know, I, I like to imagine myself as a little bit of an avant-garde architect in some ways. But, uh, you know, I saw your drawing, you know, and the crayon was, you know, in the lines and all. It, it was very, I, I gasped. I did, a, I did a, a classic style hand to my chest
2: gasp. I'm sure you um, did. And, you know, yeah. I... In the early '90s, I went to a a conference, and at a keynote, I met Hollis Winchell, who we all know is the great mind behind plenty of amazing buildings, behind the the mind behind the the January Egg Building in Scottsdale.
1: Oh Oh my god!
2: God. And um, he saw what he took one look at my drawings, and he was he was floored. He said, "I was born to do this." Into which I replied, "I know. That's why I had to meet you."
1: And, oh, wow.
2: you know, my very first building was the Empire State Building. Oh, my God. Yeah. You instantly wow. think of I New York of City, where you think of New York City. But that was built far before I was alive. Um, well, it's no it's uh, not not a January egg. What I'm but, uh, referring like, to is this. it's a building in Three Pumpkins, California. It's a small little shack, and they sell postcards for visitors. And I got recognition for its rustic design and for taking that name. They said... Empire State Building that's in New York City it's like no it's in three pumpkins it's just this tiny little wholesome visitor center essentially well i'd argue tourists. that
1: uh amongst architects if someone mentions the uh Empire State Building uh they're mostly thinking of your shack in California
2: because it was it was a brilliant move it was controversial you know i was on the cover of multiple architectural design magazines and some people were saying i was a heretic they were saying I was a genius and I agreed with both of them. That yeah. was my goal. I wanted to stir the pot because I said, Hey, what happened to rock and roll in architecture? So that's, yeah. that was really what I was going for. So, I mean, you know,
1: I'm glad you mentioned that just because, you know, rock and roll in architecture. I feel like the only people that remember that is the hard rock cafe.
2: Oh, and I mean that those are timeless. They're going to be around forever. And then what happened next in your career? Well, we could get a little bit into that, but I don't want to be talking about myself all day. Uh, Donovan, would you like to tell a little bit about yourself?
0: Well, sure. Well, Uh, you
1: know,
0: (laughs) do you think you're Donovan? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I forgot. (laughs) Benny responds to Donovan, but uh, my name is actually, in fact, Donovan. And, you know, Leland, much like you, uh, you know, I believe that, you know, an artist doesn't need an art degree to make art, right? So why would, an architect, why would an architect need any type of formal training whatsoever to do any of this stuff, right?
2: You get a so, pencil, you get a ruler. It's as simple as that.
0: Yeah. It's all about ideas and the, the quality of your ideas is what's going to shine. And I am essentially the visionary founder of the Groose is Loose LLC, you know, Donovan Groose, the Groose is Loose.
1: i have well, seen your billboards. As, yes, yes. Oh yeah.
0: Yes. Thank you. I, I designed those myself actually too.
1: Well, I like the catchphrase "The Grues is Loose" on a billboard with no number or no connection to you. I mostly just it's
0: going minimal back, though. So it's minimal. People will Google it and they'll figure it out. And I'm not sure what it means, but it just sounds like a play on words, right? Even if it nec- not, it's not necessarily actually a play on words, but it sounds like
2: one. Is he out? Well, is he out running around like a fugitive? Is he loose? Like he's laid back? Is he loose like he's easy? Like he's easy to get in the bed? Like, oh, no, yeah. I never even thought of those angles. You see, the
0: reality is that I've loosened the grip of a <laughs> pernicious ideology in architecture.
1: Wait, um, so the ideology's
0: loose? You're not loose? No, no, I've loosened the grip of a different ideology that's not my idea. Do you get what I'm saying? There no, is no. It's like the
1: catchphrase is the Groose is loose. That yes, means it's you're loose. Very, no, but you're not <laughs> loose. It's the architectural styles that well, are loose because well, when of people you
0: are, it's when a bit people, of a misnomer. When
2: they think of the gross style, they think of loose.
0: Look, the saying is very catchy, but it's got my a great problem mouthfeel. is that there is an ideology within architecture that has a grip on architecture and i have loosened that grip is really what i'm saying and that okay. ideology i'm talking about is basically one that says that architecture and buildings should be designed for adults right this is a pernicious long standing bias within architecture all the ceilings are tall enough for adults all the rooms are stuff that only adults care like care about like an office or whatever and at the Gruces Loose LLC, we have started transforming architecture with our specialty in upscale, modern, luxurious architecture for babies.
1: Well, there, there's a lot to go at there, and, uh, you know, I don't know which kind of chunk of that to, to, to pinch off first. Um, I guess I would say that, so in your interpretation of the Gruces Loose, and I hate to revisit that, this will be the last <laughs> time I talk about the Gruces Loose... Um, The arm of architecture that makes it boring and predictable is what you're loosening. Yes. uh, But it still says, so why does it say, so are you loose? You're the Groose. You're the proverbial Groose. I guess it would be more
0: accurate if the catchphrase was, the Groose has loosened a pernicious ideology in the world of architecture that needed to be overturned. But it was just
2: that a billboard. The Groose has loosened the noose on architecture. That, see
0: that's what I'm
1: talking about. Basically, and this I is wish why
2: we come together for ideas.
1: Well, I don't think they can let you say noose on a billboard. <laughs> it's I'm not, not sure. Not a good This is probably a good I, idea. I, I would have done do it. That. I would have
2: done it back in the 90s. I don't care.
1: <laughs> that's rock and <laughs> well, roll, the 90s, man. That's
2: rock and roll stuff. Right they there. Let,
1: they would have let you done anything in the 90s. Oh, that's you can't true. do anything now. No, you could build a house around a person and you could trap them. I mean, people did it. People have done it. I mean, Ernest Furum did it. Um, like to
2: uh
0: the big bad wolf convinced the pigs to do it to themselves, didn't he? They, they pulled know, up bricks. That's true. That's So Donovan down. has
2: you know? sort of been the pioneer for these baby buildings, right? And I am someone that will throw anything at you. Have no idea what I'm going to come up with next. And Benny, Cinderella, is. I would say a house name at this point. I think you No, I don't, I mean, I know you do love your modern architecture, but you don't have to be so modest.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I don't consider a lot of it modern. Um, I guess I should go over my credentials as well. Um, I am, you know, I belong to, and right now I am the leader of the 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 professor in charge of the Escalation Fellowship. It's an architectural school associated with Bingo University. Uh, you guys have a little bit more rock and roll architecture backgrounds, unfortunately. Uh, well, hold you know, on, my-
2: I I mean, I've 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 taken my if I fair share of champagne in my time. I do have a card for the Woost Society, as you know, which you're also oh. a member of. If
0: Leland's is more rock and roll, mine's more baby Einstein.
2: I'll just say I grew up in a sense, but I'm still the same Leland Marino that, you know, that uh, Hollis Winchell, you know, fell in love with.
1: You know, I uh I started from humble beginnings. Uh, New York. It's a small town, North New York, a private gated community. You know, I had a kind of you know an idyllic sort of uh, cloistered upbringing, a little bit. Um, you know, I I started working. Uh, uh going to you know the educational programs, uh, architectural programs at Bingo University. Um, I started as a draftsman under everyone knows the famous architect Ernest Burham. Um, did a lot of crazy houses. Uh, he 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 did the uh, uh, he did the uh, Satanic Temple. Um, that was a performance art piece that was not associated with the Church of Satan, uh, which was basically a bright red Greek Orthodox church that he burned down right after he revealed it. Um, I started working with him during, uh, as you know, late in age when he was around 77, 78, as everyone knows. He started going through his dementia period. Um, Oh, that's when he did his best work. Oh, yeah. I remember every day coming into work and feeling this rush because, you know, not only was this a famous, well-respected architect, but he was starting to do some of his most subversive work. Um, He designed houses without bathrooms, houses with bathrooms, but no toilets where you had to use the sink. He designed trick bathrooms that would open up to a different part of the house, Uh, you know, houses with, you know, trap doors, chandeliers that fell on purpose and you can pull them back up. He designed a lot of
0: one bedroom apartments in Manhattan where the toilet was in the kitchen.
1: Oh yeah. And he, he had a hot pipe placement he would reroute the whole plumbing in the building. Just so it was brilliant be because to you're gonna say that's leg. just
2: how we that's how things are here, and it's like, well, he's tricking you, it's a joke well, that's Yeah, and that was a he classic. Also, he made
0: um, a classic Manhattan strip club where the stripper poles were hot pipes, they were very functional, uh, for the building, but they didn't actually lead to very good performances for the girls.
1: But no, the, the pipes were too hot, they couldn't hold on to them, couldn't do spins, they fell a lot. Um, you know, as with any art, you're gonna have your wins and your losses. He started designing houses that looked like beautiful women. You know, from up above, um, you know, I found all of these very inspiring. Um, he designed, uh, you know, I left him after he completed uh, Alligator House. Oh, and, I saw uh, that movie
0: National Lampoon.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see it. They don't pan it from above because, you know, Alligator House, he was designing a lot of houses at the time that would look like alligators. Uh, from above they would have front doors that would open horizontally like a jaws instead of you know side to side like normal um, kind of took a long time for them to open the technology wasn't there at the time uh, but an alligator house if you look from above it's actually shaped like Christ with on the cross and that confused a lot of people in the designing process until he let us know that the house itself was to be filled with alligators and um, but now I mostly run independent work. Um, I work closely uh, with the Escalation Fellowship. And lately, my uh, big kind of you know draw has been uh, rejecting comfort and rejecting safety um, in terms of homes and live spaces, introducing a little bit more primal fear, a little bit more lust for the present
2: within them.
0: Well, can you give us an example of that?
2: Well, I could give you one. I got to personally visit one of Anna Winter's homes in Long Island and <laughs> I could tell you, Benny put a snake pit in there.
1: Oh. no! Oh, yeah, I didn't know she bought the snatch house. Oh. oh my God, she bought that. Yeah. That was a house that I designed with a lot of moving floors, trapdoors. Um, I was going through a real big pit period. So there's a you know, I build these you had pits, a I don't really sand
2: pit even. It's like kind of like well, an Indiana Jones house. I, well, did, I think
0: she replaced all of the uh, traps and stuff, and just put shoes in there now.
2: You, saw, yeah, of, you, it's pretty you could have called it. Her. You could have called it Ben's fortress. Well, the snakes
1: are still there. They kind of threw the snakes. Well, she's so grooming she threw them the to shoes make them on into top of the snake. leather,
0: like snake leather, like snakeskin. And, boots.
2: Well, she needs more. You know, yeah, she needs materials for her fashion. I mean, she runs Vogue, and um, you were in Vogue in what two thousand seven. Benny? oh yeah the sunglasses issue i was in baby vogue i don't think anyone reads that one though a uh, baby hold do. on let's babies stop talking read. about my thing
1: let's stop talking about my thing and talk about baby vogue babies so buy it is, to do the puzzles. give us a little
2: bit of an insight to baby
1: vogue yeah give us tell us what what is an example of a single article in baby vogue well
0: they don't really have articles it's more like highlights magazine but for a younger crowd the crowd that's going to be reading highlights in like three or four years right so like it's kind of a shame that it's a print publication because there'll be a page where you cut out round uh, pegs and square pegs, and then there's another page where you could put them in the holes. Except the holes are flat because it's a magazine, but you could match up the shapes and it still works pretty well.
2: Is there like cologne samples for babies? Oh yeah, uh,
0: lots of is ads for, for high baby end food. babies. Is this they is just for- smell
2: like they smell like milk and Cheerios, and they smell like baby powder and the uh, Johnson Johnson No Tears shampoo. It's yeah, Baby the Vogue
1: the Mommy issue.
0: Yeah, was, yeah, in the Mommy issue there's naked women but not for sexual reasons just to be like, "Oh, I want to suck some milk."
1: Wait, so how do the babies get it if there's naked well there's babies that well, get naked. It's like, naked? Listen, I'm it's all like wish for fulfillment.
2: Artistic integrity. That is just very weird though. It's not I my magazine. Very, very I was just featured
1: I was
0: featured in it. It's not my That's magazine. That's
2: true.
1: That's true. It's not his magazine.
0: It's a if collaboration Vogue... between highlights and Vogue to get people as a, when they grow up to read huh. both of those magazines. I wonder so how this what is, is you gonna... do
1: in Baby Vogue. What did you do? You said that, well, you were in it. I did an interview, but
0: since babies can't read, they just put my picture in it <laughs> next to a picture <laughs> of a mobile that I designed. Were you um, posing
2: like in a very like provocative or Sort yeah, of mysterious I, way. You stand like blippy or something. I dress sort
0: of like the cat in the hat, basically, just because I thought that would appeal to the clientele.
1: So you wore a cat in the um, hat? Hat? Yeah. So there's a picture of you in Baby Vogue wearing
2: a was cat. Was the picture in the hat, was the photo hat. in black and white high contrast?
0: Oh no, it's in full color because babies love they love color. I, mean, I only you know get those my babies. picture
2: taken yes, in true. black and white.
1: Yes, I only is. I have that written into a lot of my interviews that I will only be photographed in black and white.
0: Well, you're not going to be in baby vogue anytime soon with that attitude.
1: And you know what? I actually I think I have to make a call uh to Anna Winter cuz you know, I I told, you know, I I additional, originally sold the house to Ethan Hawk and I was telling Ethan, I'm like, if you put stuff in the pit, the snakes are able to climb out of it if you give put enough stuff in there. So if you're going to keep anything in the pit, you need at least six feet of clearance is what I told them. So Anna winter, you know, it's great. She wants to keep their shoes there. She's but probably she, throwing you know, models in gonna, there. Her house is going to be filled with snakes. You know, you know if she keeps up with it. So I don't know if she knows that, but I'd I get also very like upset to, when people mistreat kind of these houses that I design.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I just want to get ahead of some of the critics of Benny's designs. I know there's people out there who may say that putting a snake pit in a house is dangerous. But I just like to clarify that I've put ball pits in houses for babies, and way more people have died in my ball pits than in your snake pits.
1: Wait, how many? How, when you say people, do you mean babies? I mean
0: babies, yes, because they don't know what they're getting into, and it's a re, it's like probably twenty feet deep. It's, deep? it's deeper than the
1: house. <laughs> so these and, babies are getting into this ball pit, and they're just sinking like a rock. Yeah. Is what you're telling me? There's a
0: sign that says "Warning." Do not enter the ball pit if you're less than twenty feet tall. But, but it's babies, also they can't read. They can't read. Right? They can't read. So uh, and also many- your
1: houses are designed to be two or three feet tall, so adults yes. can't fit yes. in it to supervise it. That's very interesting. You know, I I think you know there is always going to be a life and death toll. Well, on this is something art. in any, we, any we good, all challenging ag- We all
2: agree that um, we call it. Uh, In the industry, we call it hazardous architecture, where it could be very dangerous as an environment, but it looks interesting. Like, I'm all... I think you should put as many waterfalls as you can fit in any building, right? Oh, me too. Or or koi ponds. Like, you could make a whole... It's just a dock. The rest is just a pond. Also,
0: having a waterfall in my own personal home reminds me to drink water, because, you know, I'm always forgetting that to drink water.
2: It reminds me to go use the restroom, because I hear it, and I have to go, you know, urinate.
1: To be honest, that you know, I'd like to join you guys, but a waterfall doesn't really evoke any powerful feelings in me at all. In fact, a waterfall is almost so peaceful, um, you know, so quaint and serene sounding that I feel like it would put me on edge. You know, I actually I'm a architect who lives, um, you know, in in one of my homes. You know, I, I live in a home I designed. Um, you may know it; uh, it's in my art book. It's Bastard Killer, and that was a home that I designed. You know. As I was getting famous, you know, not to brag, I won the Pritzker Award and all that, but um, you know, I started worrying about high-profile assassinations. You know, I was turning down a lot of powerful contracts from powerful men, and I started fearing, you know, what happens if these people, you know, come into my house in the middle of the night and murder me? And I thought, well, that's a very you know Mm. intriguing artistic you know question. Um, So I designed Bastard Killer to be essentially like a level one hitman level. Um, I have a big wide front door, lots of windows, um, lots of paper walls, uh, with, you know, centered lighting so that people that are looking on the outside can
2: kind of see me, whatever room, a lot of recess lighting. They're just all over that ceiling.
1: I'm not really able to track anything. My windows are frosted. I can't really see out of them. Um, and so, you know, what happens in practical effect is that anybody choosing to target me would be able to see me visible at all times and I would be unable to see them. Um, so it's a very outward concept. Um, you know, the house was designed without any locks. Um, I filled it with very valuable goods. Um, you know, I don't have any security cameras. I don't own any dogs. Um I have most of the traps, which are kind of my iconic feature, in the center of the house, in the bedroom, in the closet, um, not necessarily around any of my valuables, but around kind of day-to-day things. You know, I have a trapdoor in front of my toilet that works on a timer system. Every five minutes, it'll snap open. Um, If I'm sitting on it, it always surprises me and I have to clutch onto the edge of the seat or I fall, you know, because that one opens up into a crevasse, which I actually didn't, you know, I don't know where it ends. I haven't seen the bottom of it, Um, but, you know, I keep it away from the valuables I keep it away from the sub door and most of the security uh, of what you would call features in the house target me. Um, You know, if I roll out of bed at the wrong time, my floor's gone. Um, I have a unit in my ceiling that will deposit banana peels around, you know, where my walking paths in the house. Um, I have to stand up for my computer every five minutes or I'll receive a huge electroshock. It's just lots of things built into the house that put me at
2: ease because it makes me always ready. People people will look at people like us. They probably think we design these incredible homes for ourselves to live in or like our house is probably lavish or fascinating or interesting, but to, to be truthful, I mean, you know, Kanye West, he lived in that stadium in Atlanta to promote his album for a little bit. I did that years ago and I was living in a refrigerator box in the center of the Pontiac silver dome for two years, long before he did that. They demolished that, that stadium. Um, After that, I lived in a display tent in a Cabela's for another two years. Now I live in, uh, in Chicago, I have a townhouse. I designed the interior. All the floors are slanted. Um, so you have to kind of climb. Oh, what kind of angle bedroom. are we talking here? Yeah. Are we talking 15 or are we talking something serious like 30? It's about 30. Oh, wow. Oh, so wow. you're really, but some of the floors are like the first floor is about 15, but like to get to my bedroom, you're going up a 40, 30, 30 degree slant.
1: You might have to kind of use your hands and your feet, kind of like
2: when a little kid runs up the stairs really fast. It's kind of interesting because all this stuff, I'll be, you know, drinking in bed and I'll like put the bottle on the floor and it just rolls down. So a lot of stuff collects at the bottom. And then I got to get my cleaning lady to clean the place. I say, all my stuff's collecting. You're just letting it pile up. Well, it's probably good for her. I That's mean, it's another she's reason got- to have
0: waterfalls in your house. You can just run a waterfall down all those slopes and it'll wash all the debris and trash away.
2: Oh, yeah. That's a very well, interesting concept. there is a waterfall concept. that goes over the kitchen in a kind of, it kind of covers up the kitchen. It's like hidden behind the water. It's kind of interesting. Um, but I'm thinking you know, of moving know, again.
1: You know, I've been really messing with the idea of a self-cleaning house uh, that works on timers. And, uh, you know, periodically, maybe, you know, once every two days at a random time, it'll administer a bleach and water mixture that runs down Sort of like a nature-inspired waterline throughout the entirety of the house. Um, I think something with your slanted house and that idea combined could be, you know, very unique. You know, if you get the furniture that can kind of stand up to long-term bleach.
0: You know, I know Benny, you're saying that you're not as much of a fan as waterfalls as me and Leland. Uh, that they're a little bit too peaceful for you, etc. So it makes me think of actually my favorite piece of yours. Not to toot your horn here but um, that one you did that's kind of like a queen Anne style prairie style revivalism house um, that you built directly on top of a volcano an active volcano and scientists say in about 10 to 15 years, that thing's going to blow. And it's like, it's like a lesson in like uh, the impermanence of all things, you know, that family living there, they, they accept that life, the nature of life is such that a volcano could end it at any time. That's true of all of us every day, you know.
1: Well, I, you know, I kind of made that house as a statement on housing insecurity. Now, this is a stat that I just completely am making up, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty close. You know, uh, 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 somebody in local income housing may move homes twenty or thirty times before they reach the age of eighteen. You know, that kind of housing, you know, temporality is important because it's like living on top of a volcano. Exactly. It's like living on top of a volcano constantly. And, you know, I got the piece of land. And of course, you know, I was, um, you know, making it for my friend Steve Zahn, who wanted it and was interested in a lot of the concepts I've been doing. And and Steve is not usually my usual clientele. He was very willing to kind of make a political message with his own house. You know, primarily, you know, as wealthy architects, our clients are usually shut-ins, you know. A lot of shut-ins in the industry. We're building a lot of bizarre houses for shut-ins and whatnot. You know, nymphos, sex freaks. Pill poppers. Yeah, sex pests, canceled guys, pill poppers, uh, you know, tech geeks. Science freaks. Yeah. Inbred albino guys that come from oil money. Like, that's usually the people that we're working with. And for Steve to agree you know, to have his house built on an active volcano that can just rip through it at any time. You know, we had a scientist actually come to the site and, and tell us that the volcano was completely unpredictable and that we could die at any time, even right well, now. Steve Zahn off.
0: famously was in the show Treme about how that hurricane ruined new Orleans. I think that influenced him. He's like, why doesn't, why don't I choose to well, live this you way? Know on what? Purpose now? Is that what that shows
1: about? The, I thought it was know, about
2: French tremors. You, 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 You know, Steve actually told um, Benny when he came to him that he was very inspired by the game of life, the board game, because when you get some of the cards in that game, it displays the house that you get. And one of the houses is a split level, and there's actually a split in the ground and in the house, like an earthquake hit it. Um, The beachfront house is clearly being hit by a hurricane. It looks horrifying, but the game teaches you that's life. And Steve is a realist. And he's like, I want to, I want a house like in the game of life. And Benny was like, well, what about a volcano house?
1: You know, the concept of a split level house is interesting to me. And I'm glad Steve kind of brought it up because, you know, they've done studies on these volcanoes and these volcanoes. If you put a house on top of them and they go off, those houses can actually, and you know, I studied this. This is real. They can actually enter low earth orbit. And so I thought, well, wouldn't that be something to kind of have a house that could skyrocket into the stratosphere? You know, to me, that's the only permanence because on the, you know, on Earth, everything is constantly aging. Everything is constantly decaying. But if I'm able to get one of my houses into low level, you know atmosphere where it's constantly going around the earth. I mean, that, that could go, if I get it far enough out, that could go into space and then some aliens could live it and they could take it and they could live in my house and put it on a volcano of their own. You know, it's funny. Uh, you're thinking that high up. Cause I've designed some of the
0: lowest to the ground buildings ever made. Like if I'm building a single baby home for like a sort of bachelor baby, that thing's gonna be two feet tall. That's it. But conversely, I've built the world's tallest baby skyscraper which is about four and a half normal stories tall. But for baby stories, it's about 19 or 20.
1: Pretty dangerous. And most of the babies, you know, they don't even have the motor skills to use the elevator. So I thought that was really interesting that you have these three floors, which were basically unused. Yeah. and uh, here's Because the, thing, the babies I couldn't
0: figure it out. We have the power architecturally to make a big skyscraper for babies that's as big as a normal skyscraper. But I was thinking, why would I... Like, you know, when you go to an auction you don't just place a bid for $100 million right away. You place a a low bid, and then you kind of compete with someone, right? I'm hoping when the world's second best baby architect tries to build one one story taller, we can have sort of an arms race and get some publicity out of it.
1: Well, I mean, that's a very interesting concept. I think I might want to have us switch gears here. And I'd like to talk a little bit. We've talked a little bit about our credentials and, and kind of stuff we've worked on. Um, I want to get a little more heady. I want to talk about the philosophy of design that we kind of take away. Uh, and I want to start with some vague questions that we can kind of all interpret our own ways. Um, to you, and I, you know what? I'll start with you, uh, Donovan. What makes a house a home? I would say drywall. Because if there's no drywall,
0: um, it, you probably shouldn't occupy that domicile.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Now, are we talking about, so when a house is being built and it reaches that stage where there's sawdust everywhere, but the drywall's up and all of the frames and roof is in place, is that a home by then? Oh,
0: yeah. That's a home for sure.
1: Interesting. I'll be be on the job
0: site sometimes and I'll see these guys, you know, these union guys, they're making $80 an hour and they're just slacking off. I come in, it's just little steel frames. I'm like, where's the walls? You know what I mean? Where's the walls?
1: I get, I get upset with uh, construction workers a lot because not just because, you know, you know they're in the business of execution. I'm in the business of planning, but, you know, I find them to be kind of dullards. Um, I find find them to be disagreeable. Um, I find them to be ornery. Ornery is the word. And, you know, some of these buildings I design in 20, 30 minutes and it takes them two, three years to complete. And it's just like, you know, I feel like the biggest thing holding me back as an artist are blue-collar people, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, yeah. They don't understand it. And yet, they're the ones building your building. And, and I they find can't that very it
1: frustrating. All. I find it very frustrating when, you know, a, a, a walking through a building and you're overhearing a worker who probably had a, something as, you know, crass as a sandwich for lunch. Uh, uh, complain, you know, why are we building a third trap here? You know, why what is the artistic reason for making an Iron Maiden out of paper that's hidden right in front of a real Iron Maiden? Um, You know, why do I have to dig another pit? And and that fills me with such, you know, irate rage that, you know, I'm glad I'm not a larger, more physically capable man because I would just be thrashing low-income people uh at all times, you know, to be honest. So, I I, I find the experience very frustrating, but I find it pushes my art a little bit out of spite. You know,
0: I feel like if you asked one of these buffoons that we're discussing what they think makes a house a home, they would probably say something very simple like a television. But to me, that's just so foolish because a television only makes you quite a bit stupider. I think when you watch it,
1: Uh, Leland, I'd like to turn the question to you. What makes a house a home? I would say people. Oh, that's very interesting. Would you care Wait, to elaborate on
0: that? Are you are saying that these that? people are part of the materials of the home or they live
2: inside of them? They the home? make the home. Anything could be a home they, if there's people it. They make in it,
0: it like they are They are the walls and stuff? So, Are you even talking about you using, have an, using people uh, as materials?
1: Is, is an umbrella a, a home Then, if a person's under it? If they oh, live that's there. a good point. Is an empty house a home, though, with no people? Yeah, as well, long as they it's don't got live- drywall up. If somebody, well, I guess it might be a thing to me. It's the potentiality of if someone could live there. Well, then a 7 Eleven is a home. That's true. That's true. In a lot of ways, you know, it is a very hard word to define. Uh, maybe let's move on to the second question. And let me, let me I'll go say back. this
0: too. My mother in law's house is not a home, then. Go on. Well, people couldn't live there, you know.
1: Does she live there?
0: Well, she does, but she's barely a person, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, okay. You know what I mean. I don't have to elaborate. You know how well, my I know, I are. I know
1: I know what you mean, you know. Maybe you, you get on a better relationship with her if you sh- send her a copy of Baby Vogue that you were in. Get a little uh a little bit well, more respect from well, t- her. With all,
0: with all due respect to my mother-in-law, uh I think that her reading comprehension is not at a sufficient level to read Baby Vogue.
1: Oh, well, that's 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 a shame. you go that's over unfortunate. her head. Yeah. What about you, Leland? Let me
2: ask you this question: What's more important to you, form or function? For me, it depends on the day, in the place, the building, concept. I think they're equally as important, or they're equally unimportant.
1: Interesting. So, for for
2: instance, the Dow Chemical Building in Atlanta, I fought for elevators only, no staircases ever. Now, on the flip side, when I designed the Richard Pagan Building in Chicago. Has one stairwell, and it's the only way to reach the seventieth floor. So, I
1: mean, that's that's very impressive stuff you're doing there. I've I've always found, um, you know, a lot of your work to be um, really kind of quaintly subversive. Um, Stinkerton, that house you built with the septic tank that was out in the open, was a huge statement piece. I mean, people. You know, people are using that as an Airbnb now, taking pictures in front of the septic tank. I mean, you get—I'm uh, sure that that's helped your Instagram followers as well. You know, uh, let me turn it to you, Donovan. A very simple question: Where'd you get your ideas from? Well, I'd like to say I get my ideas from my
0: brain, but in fact, I get my ideas from babies. Believe it or not, you oh, know, they're so stupid; they can't even talk. They got nothing to say no talent, can't do anything. And yet somehow I'm inspired by them. Isn't that crazy?
1: That's crazy. Now, let me ask you this. I asked you what was kind of inspired. What's inspiring about them? Because you just listed about four things that you dislike about babies.
0: Well, what's inspiring to me is that some of them have actually become quite wealthy and they're ready to kind of get a place of their own at a younger age than some of our generation was um, like for example, I've been designing a home for the current spokes baby for Gerber baby food. Uh, I've been designing homes for some of Drake's secret children. Oh wow! And Very these are these are babies with discerning cosmopolitan taste who see the world kind of the way that I do. Of why do they need ceilings that are eight to ten mm-hmm. feet high? Why don't they have their own space to crawl around? Why don't they have a mobile that's at like two feet above ground level that they can you know look at? It's, e- it's and- closer up to them and easier to look at.
1: A lot of people, you know, were upset with you when you know Pete baby Pete Davidson's first baby did die in one of the houses you designed for him. But a lot of people don't mention that the baby well, did say that a twenty foot ball pit would be fun. He did say fun yeah, when you said twenty. And it's also just foot. so
0: stupid that people. It's just how the media works these days. People are so concerned when Pete Davidson's baby died in that ball pit, but there was like thirty other unfamous babies who died in there before, and no one cared when they died. Yeah. So now, oh, everyone's mad now, you know. But where well, even were they some when those of the test died?
1: babies. I mean some of the test babies I remember reading about actually perished while you were first designing you know the 20 foot it originally was 30 feet a lot of people don't even mention that they don't even mention the babies you know that did fall down there that you just poured concrete over them and they solidified <laughs> well I was 20 feet and said to be honest
0: my original vision for the ball pit was I was thinking big right like Egyptian pyramid style like what if there was an inverted Egyptian pyramid underground that was a giant baby ball pit? Mm. but it was just difficult to get workers to get down there and do the, you know, you can't find good help these days, right? We were just talking well, get about ev- working class people. Don't even get me started on working class babies. They don't want to do the work.
1: You know, these permits at city hall will want, sometimes they'll, you know, they'll ask for proof of, you know, the baby's heart rate. They want to you have photographic proof that you're not losing any babies. You know, they, they, it, it, they kind of go overboard a lot of times on a lot of these more innovative designs that people are trying, um, really kind of get shut down by like an over bureaucratic city government. I have to say I have
0: less experience. That's been my experience less than it is for most architects because so many laws on the books pertain to buildings for people broadly rather than for babies specifically. And I can get around a lot of those laws pretty easily.
1: Uh, uh, Would you like to elaborate on how you get around these laws meant to protect children? Well, they're not meant to protect children. They're just meant for people broadly.
0: Sure, sure oh, children. Oh, they're are meant included to protect people
1: broadly, not specifically for Yeah, children.
0: and that's the problem. There's a lot of loopholes I can get away with by saying that basically babies are not full people, right? Right.
1: You could even write some off. I've seen baby laborers that can only the only ones that can fit in there. Yeah. You wouldn't and test pay a baby elevator.
0: minimum wage to work a job, would you?
1: Well, sometimes I know that industries will hire these ba- construction babies as, you know, celebrity entertainers. And that will be what they're oh, hired as. Well, those expected- babies are
0: celebrities. They'll make thousands an hour, but that's a different case. I'm talking about, you know, just any average ordinary run-of-the-mill baby. There's a lot of adult laws that don't apply for instance, can a baby be an adulterer? No, it's a baby. That, that that's that part that law from the Bible does not apply to babies. And a lot of city codes are the same way in my personal view.
1: Let me ask you this. Should a home evoke a sense of meaning or belonging? Um, wow, well, that's a that's a very smart question. Thank you. I mean, this is an architecture podcast. How, how would it not be? I think it could invoke
0: meaning only if you're challenging the person living there. And that's what I like about your architecture, Benny, is you're challenging people to live there. You're saying to Steve Zahn, you could die at any moment mm-hmm. with this volcano going off. Mm-hmm. And... There's a certain type of person out there who wants their home to be someplace where they watch the television and they don't even care about being challenged by their architect to live in ways that kind of go against human nature and preference and instinct. And once you introduce that stuff into the mix, now we're talking about meaning. Now we're talking about a home that can really, really push a a man to his limits
1: I do have one gripe about Steve Zahn is that uh, you know he was a he was a great guy to build a house for. I'm not going to say perfect because he did uh, reject one of my ideas. Um, I did not want a bed in the bedroom. I wanted him to have a horizontal Iron Maiden that he would shut himself into it was a box designed like a coffin it was cherry wood gold leaf it was very classy and maintained and you know it would be almost like a Dracula crypt that had you know steel pokers on the inside you're resting on sharp nubs of metal it's not comfortable and he said he did not want to get into an Iron Maiden Uh particularly because this Iron Maiden had been designed specifically to target um, a gentleman's little butt um, little prokes and prodding, and it would, you know, be meant to draw blood. The whole point of, you know, the the house was that metaphorically we were owing something to Mother Nature um, to survive. And in that way, there is an iron maiden that po- pokes your butt a little bit, and it drains off the excess blood that it drops directly into the mouth of the volcano.
0: Now, I would say he I, said no. Um- yeah, I wouldn't say I push it as far as you do, but I have designed some some challenging pieces for babies, actually.
1: Like um, stairs? I noticed, um, you know, stairs. There's a lot of buildings that require them to tie their shoes to get into.
0: Yeah, those are some of the more um, routine challenges, but I've also done specialized challenges for certain babies willing to push themselves to the limit. Like, I worked with Tony Hawk's baby to design a crib that was shaped like a half pipe. And it uh, completely ruined his back and caused horrible back problems from, like, age one. And now he'll never be able to be a skateboarder like his dad. But honestly, I think it's for the better because his dad ruined skateboarding with all his flashy tricks like that 900. Maybe that baby's going to do something more meaningful now, like become an architect, you know, for babies.
1: Well, let's uh, let's turn it to to Leland here real quick. Uh, Leland, I mean, we kind of talked about, you know, all these buildings we've built um, when you were a little kid, did you ever imagine that you would, you know, imagine you're a baby like uh, uh, Donovan's clients here? Would you ever imagine you'd be living in a, in a house as fancy
2: and uh, immaculate as you've designed for yourself? Yes. And I, I want to apologize. I had to take a phone call. Um, I just spoke with Sean. You guys know Sean. Um, he worked with me on a lot of projects. He's part of the WUS Society. Um, he was the, one of the the minds behind me repurposing that Chuck E. Cheese into a gastropub um, called oh, yeah. Thorn and Gristle and um, all oh, in lowercase. Wow. And Sean was, I just want to, before I go into this, um, he did just speak to MBS. So we are on track and oh. um, we were moving forward. So that's good news, but um, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so when I was a when I was about one years old, I would spend hours reading the encyclopedia, and what really sparked my imagination was when I saw a picture of the General Electric building, and I thought, I could make that. And I, I made it out of blocks, and my mother was so astonished, and my father, he wanted me to be a doctor just like him. But I told him, I was just one year old. I said, no father, I need to create beautiful things. And I mean, what else is there to say? Look where I am. Look who I am.
0: Yeah. If you think about it, the human body is a very disgusting and ugly thing. And why would you want to repair it? Like a doctor is fixing ugly shit. Whereas we're creating beautiful shit.
2: Well, I wouldn't call what we make shit because unless it's, that's the point, you know, creating ugly things. I mean, look at how popular brutalism was. You just make, basically make a, a stone building without windows. That's all that is. Oh,
1: I, I thought brutalism was remarkable when I was young. I mean, uh, the gray drab concrete, these buildings that could just be put up overnight, like monoliths that, you know, didn't really evoke any feeling and and people complained about that. And I thought that's, ridiculous i mean well people were people banality are saying of just life, so the i'm just death so bored joy. i'm
2: bored in these buildings there's no natural lighting like it's like that's the point it's it's that's the whole point
1: i find the death of joy to be an invigorating thing i i, I find when other people you know i don't know if this means i'm a misanthrope but uh you know when other people see suffering and cringe and scream and you know, they, they don't enjoy you know, the other wears the colors that really fills my heart with joy and, you know, gives me, you know, I hate to say it, but I I think a sort of spiritual strength, you know, with, 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 you know, the people out there and, you know, this world, let's be honest, you know, it's filled with, you know, disgusting low class and middle class people. And, you know, if I'm able to reach them in a way where I don't have to directly interact with them, like through designing homes that torture them, that trap them. Um, you know, I find that, you know, I've done all right. You know, it may, it gives me a, a deep sense of meaning, uh, to punish normal, I guess, normal people. But to me, they're just not, you know, they're just not, you know,
0: I, I, I wouldn't say that I work directly with brutalism as a style, but many people have described my baby ball pit as brutalist in the sense that it's brutal to allow dozens of children to die in it. Uh, And also maybe they're onto something because all the balls in the ball pit are either gray or black. It's not very joyful. Oh, yeah. So I do see where they're coming from.
1: You know, the babies, you know, to be honest, I don't even know if they had time really to register joy or pain. Um, You know, I'm not sure how many were aware what was going on. Um, you know, I know that you try, you know, people don't even mention that you tried to help, you know, the babies, you know, full size dogs wouldn't fill fit into the space, you know, so they were sending, you know, puppies, you were sending golden retriever, puppies, (laughs) pug puppies, and they'd have their rope dog toys, but the kids, they couldn't grab it and the dogs would get distracted. So not a lot of good came out of that, but it, it, you know, I feel like if you do something bad, if you admit that you tried a little bit, then you're fine.
0: And also, you know, there's a lot of people who say that I don't care about the safety of the babies that I build my homes for because of these certain misfortunes that have happened. But I have innovated baby safety in so many ways. Like I invented, you know, a baby doesn't know how to use a key, but I invented a new system of locks on doors where, for example, one baby house will have a square hole and he puts the square peg in to get in there. And in another one, it'll have a circular hole and he puts the circle peg in there to get in there, right? So, like, it helps to keep out younger babies who haven't developed object permanence yet and um, other thieves who maybe haven't learned their shapes, even though they're adults. Uh, I I think that's a pretty miraculous achievement in baby safety.
1: Well, and, you know, you have all those different key types, you know, up to Pentagon. After Pentagon, they can't really get it to work. They don't really... It doesn't really register Well, even just design
0: cost-wise, designing a dodecagon is just like... I'm just like throwing oh, I, money away, you know.
1: You know, as, you know, architects are kind of want to do, you know, I, I notice your key ring you have there that has, appears to be a circle, a triangle, a square, and a rhombus on it. I'm guessing those are for some properties you're designing now. Oh,
0: yes, absolutely. Like, I'm always working on something new.
1: And you can see, you know, I can tell that, you know, this has been handed off. You know, I don't want to snitch on you, but there is a lot of ketchup smears on those keys. So business must be good with all the clients taking a look at them. And, you know,
0: I'm working with. Go ahead. um, I'm working with Paul McCartney's grandson. You know, the Beatles, one of the greatest children's bands of all time. And so it's an honor to work with sort of that legacy, you know, and I had another recent idea that, you know, are you familiar with the term doggy door? For a little yes. doggie? How about this? Baby door. Same thing. Now it's for babies, though.
2: So they crawl through the door. Yeah. And I really appreciated uh, Donovan's insight when I was designing the Dingle House. Um, and he was happy to work with me. He saw my work with the Xbox house, the JFK house, the DVD building. Um, what we did with the Dingle House kind of shifted everything. You know, in terms of homes for modern families, for modern babies, for children, and what we've been able to accomplish through that, I think is really—it's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, I'll be honest; I'll, I'll brag—I'll brag all day about what we did with the Dingle House. And it, oh, yeah, it was Donovan's insight to the life of a baby, and um, you know, the baby lifestyle in general. And that's one reason why. Um I mean should we just mention it we are commissioned to design another building in Dubai they were very satisfied with our work and um with our recreation of Saradil head by Benny here uh the wizard well, himself
1: <laughs> you know
2: and um yeah they had us create fully recreate Saradil in um well, the UAE and uh now they want us to do What uh, you guys want to tell?
1: Well, I'm not going to take full credit of it. First of all, I'm just the only one with AutoCAD on my computer. The rest of you guys didn't want to pay a license. So I'm the only. So, yeah, I guess I technically did design it. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited um, to work with uh, MBS. Um, You know, we haven't settled on a name yet, but um, I'm thinking, you know, I really wanted to upgrade Bastard Killer uh, at a house model I based off being assassinated, and to me, I wanted this house that we're going to work on with MBS. Of course, this is just going to be one level of it. This is, you know, my plan for the residential. You know, I wanted to do um, the glass house, and it would be this glass house all on the outside, where everybody who's around it. You know, crystal clear vision into your house. Um, the house is filled with stones, uh, rocks at all times. It's sort of a metaphor. It's sort of heady. Most people don't get it. Um, but to me, the the really interesting thing I'm excited to work on once we get there is uh, the, the Hall of Mirrors. Um, in my head and in my visions of wanting to be assassinated or, you know, wanting... You know uh, uh, some sort of wealthy widow in my house to be assassinated, who lives there later. Um, I wanted to design a hall of mirrors that would be, you know, a, a perfect situation where you run to it, when somebody's trying to assassinate you and you would stand completely still. I designed it so that you could be completely invisible. If you're standing still and just kind of move, there's light switches everywhere. So you can constantly cut things. Um, I'm really excited to build this house and I'm really excited to hopefully, you know, the second we finish, this has been kind of a fantasy of me. I'm wondering if MBS is going to try to kill us, and if he does, wow! That what? A,
2: <laughs> what an well, experience it would be being in I the don't glass think house. So. I mean, we haven't really I done, done anything it to offend him. We're drawing. actually doing him a favor. Well, here's what Sean said. He said he wants us to come out there um, next week to quote pick a spot, and that's all we're doing. That's to I mean, that's that's how you always begin, right? You always got to pick a spot. Where are you going to put it?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that is exciting, but really, you know, I kind of, you know, I'm really big on the, you know, this is a huge opportunity to, you know, possibly, you know, be hunted or be targeted. And I'm just super grateful to Sean for hooking up the possibility. I'm super excited to meet MBS and say the wrong thing and, 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 you know, maybe go against the circle of trust and just kind of really, uh, I'm just getting giddy thinking about it. Um, yeah. Um, I You know, it would be the perfect end to a house design, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm not thinking about anything so sordid. I'm keeping my my mind focused on the actual work, where I've got a new idea I've just been testing out in a few baby homes that's starting to catch on, and I think it's going to go crazy in the UAE. Uh, a lot of babies have said to me, or they can't speak really, you know, but they gesture to me that they wish there was a room for their parents to stay in when they visit. So, a lot of these baby houses I'm building nowadays have an adult room with these grand, high six and a half foot ceilings, maybe a fax machine in there, a oh, cocktail love bar, fax machine, yeah, um, a washing machine, and maybe even like some poker chips for maybe play a time, phone book. You know? yeah, a phone book. Like there's so much for them to play with and do in there, and I just think it's a really fun way to give the adults something that's just for them. And I'd really like to incorporate that once we get over there in the UAE.
1: You know, you could have a, a a typewriter in the room as well. I know that, you know, a green hat, maybe they could go balance or checkbook a table. You know, I
2: think that would be really cool.
1: See, this is why we collaborate. You well, know, I never would have thought of that in a million If years. all
2: goes well, I will say my dream of making a tower taller than the Bridge Dubai might come to fruition. I the hard rock tower, I, you know I've talked to you guys about this for years. It's been a it's been my baby. And oh yeah. I think if he's satisfied with the glass house and uh, maybe he kills you or one of us, I think we could oh, really, if only, well, we,
0: um, Leland, have you considered what if we team up on the hard rock for babies tower? It would be four times as many stories. Well, I the don't same really find babies to be
2: rock and roll.
0: What about I'm my client? Who's Paul McCartney's grandson? He's rock and roll as they come.
1: Well, does he play yet?
2: Does he, yeah, play any does he wear leather jackets? Does he smoke yeah, cigarettes? Like, no, he doesn't. He's like
0: 25 years old. He does all that stuff.
1: Oh, oh, why does he it a baby house? Why does he want a baby house?
0: Because he's a grandkid, and it's natural for grandkids to feel young still, even when they are I think, up. well, everybody, you guys you're a grandkid, right? No, you know, I like, was raised by my parents.
1: Yeah, but you know, he was probably raised by his parents, and Paul McCartney was just his grandpa, so that made him a grandkid. Oh, my God. I never thought about
0: that, because my grandparents gotta were famous. You got to rethink this whole
1: thing but his art Did he is, ask
0: you to make a baby house? Yeah, he wants to do it for fun. Like I'm saying, Paul McCartney, he made some of the best children's music of all time. He's like paying homage to his grandfather. I didn't really think about how it's not going to be convenient for him to live in there. He's going to have to crawl through them like ducts. you know? It's going to be like little tunnels he's crawling well, in. Well,
1: that's very interesting that if you take a baby house and put a man into it, it can be very painful experience. Sounds you you know, like I've- Alice in Wonderland. You know, I've done some visual tricks where I've had narrowing hallways, you know, it it doesn't look like it's it's narrowing until the point where you're, you know, both your shoulders are touching, you know, secret slippery floors, slopes, like really shrinking down the house. Maybe in the middle of the night, I could somehow shrink the house so they would start feeling like they're going insane. Oh, oh, these are all interesting things to kind of jot down here. And, you know, hopefully we had a chance to sit down with MBS and I can tell him some of my ideas. And then, you know, agit. yeah, I don't know if this is the word agitate him, provoke him in some way, um, probably closer to the to that. You know what? Yeah, that's actually I'm probably going to wait till closer till the house is done. Wait, if you want him to kill, kill you, you why don't to,
0: you do some journalism about him?
1: I don't really want him to kill me. I, I don't think you get it. I I want to be hunted in the house. You know, so it's got to be the
2: house. To be honest, we really can't afford to lose Benny because we haven't completed our work on Akon City.
1: Oh, that's
0: true. Yeah, we're all got contracts there.
1: You know, Akon City, I actually, uh, uh, I'm halfway through this project. He's letting me build this, you know, prison concept, you know, because... you know, I wanted to flip the idea of a prison upside down. All the guards have to actually dress identical to the prisoners. Oh. Um, yeah. So, it's going to be this whole indoor outdoor concept with like a floating uh kind of jail cell, guard's quarters, um kind of switching around. Uh I was hoping for it to be labyrinthian in which parts of it would move automatically. Um, but the mechanisms of that have been really hard to pin down. So right now it's mostly just like who's really in jail kind of concept. Every and the prisoners uto- can walk right out. You know, they're fighting me on that. They don't want that. But I want it to be like that. The prisoners can just leave.
0: Yeah, every utopian city needs a good prison. And this is an opportunity to change what a prison is. And he actually contracted me to do something similar. I'm building the f- world's first prison for babies. Um, and it's actually pretty strict. Um, it's basically all <laughs> it's all solitary confinement the ceilings it's are a foot and a half high it's
1: pretty strict
0: yeah they, they gotta eat their meals they gotta go to sleep oh um, man I bet
2: they have to eat vegetables
0: and no one's gonna burp them they shouldn't have been bad if they didn't want to go in there yeah they eat veg- mush vegetables every meal none of the good stuff what about do they have access
1: to blippy? do they have access to the Wiggles
0: oh absolutely not oh the Wiggles, want, they asked if they could come do, um a prison concert. They wanted to do a live album like um, Folsom Prison by Johnny Cash. Acon, and I was like, look. yeah, I was like, look, buddy, this ceiling is two feet tall. So if the Wiggles want to cram in there with their instruments and lie down and play them, they could try. But I don't think it's going to go over well.
1: Two feet tall is still pretty short even for a baby. <laughs> well, they are in prison that's true and you know what you can stand right next to the prison you can walk on top of the prison the babies
2: won't even know
1: (laughs) you actually dug down about a foot so
2: it's only about a foot in the air it's kind of like a sidewalk that they're just like a garden unit (laughs) well I mean they're gonna have to have (laughs) mandatory tummy time
0: oh yeah and also since it's underground by a foot and there's still windows it floods all the time (laughs) so
2: there's just babies floating all over the place
1: Yeah, well they haven't been you know and stuff you know, then they go to the prison, you know, to the medical ward of the prison, which is just, you know, overfilled now, with, you know, because the doctors can't really fit in, you know, unless you try to get those baby doctors, they don't work as well.
0: You know, some things, Um, it's kind of funny. We're not that different from babies after all, though, because one thing that's kind of similar with an adult prison is that the whole economy is based around cigarettes.
1: Oh, it's very interesting. Well, we learned a lot about the Akon City's juvenile justice system and uh, very interesting stuff. But uh, perhaps I was wondering, gentlemen, if we should wrap it up here for the first episode of Angles in Space is the Power of Form. Yeah, it uh, might be
0: time to just start heading to UAE now because it's going to take a while. Um, I believe we're going to take a vessel that you invented.
1: Oh, yeah. The yacht yeah, building. it's my... The yacht building, yes. Um, You can kind of see it parked over there uh, right next to the Atlantic. Uh, We're going to go ahead and push that in. It takes a minute to adjust, so don't jump on immediately or else it might sink to the bottom. But it it has a flotation rig that we're going to run up, and then we're going to sail across the entirety of the thing. Go into the Gulf and uh, hopefully in about seven or eight days, uh, we're able to meet with MBS. Um, If he wants to get there quicker, it does have a helicopter pad on the side, but it can only land on it when it's at sea. Right now, it would just land on the roof and it would be wonky. And I don't want to get into the details of it, but uh, gentlemen, should we uh, head out on our way? I think we shall. I'm very excited. Uh, my name is Bernie Cinderella. This has been Angles and Spaces, a power of form. I'd like to join. Uh, thank my guests for coming today, Donovan Groose and Leland Marino. Thanks so much, gentlemen. Until next time. Goodbye. Until next time.